Rick Williams loves going nuclear on his students. We know that. And according to this year's faculty awards, they love it too. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. Oh. 1.21 You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Greetings once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the award-winning Hashtag Getting the Best Podcast in all of higher education still and uh, likely forever. Yeah, I, I, as long I as don't know why it, it would stop. Yeah, as yeah. long as we keep going. And, you know, I just noticed last night, I mean, I know we should have done the math. Season three. No, season three. Gosh. Yeah, well, this is a 103rd, 104th episode yeah, right here. Yeah, way over 100 We just now. keep rolling. Just don't Man. stop. Uh, it Can't is, stop. This this juggernaut is brought to you by the uh, the Office of Communications and Marketing within the Samuel Ginn College of, of Engineering, the uh, the best college of engineering. Uh, in the the country, award winning as well. Uh, I'm Jeremy Henderson, a communications and marketing specialist. They say across from me sits the uh, tiger striped masked marauder, Austin Phillips. He is the uh, director of the aforementioned office over here once again. Uh, John Sluice just not cutting it uh, lately. Yep. Student worker really kind of slacking. That recommendation letter will not be forthcoming. <laughs> so Marcus Klutz is back over here twisting the knobs, breaking hearts. See, I thought it was just since we're paying Marcus, we actually got to make him work. Well, that's true. So that is true. You, you just can't get that, that little cheaper student yeah, labor. Uh, continuing yeah. education, I think they yep. called it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, today we are joined by uh, Rick Williams. A senior lecturer. Do I have that correct? Yeah. That is, that, is, is that the official title? That is my title. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the Department of Mechanical Engineering, the largest. Uh, do you, Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. It's I've, the largest. I've heard. I have that one. They give largest me the largest. So. Department. Largest department. In the largest college mm-hmm. at the university. That's got to be something to be proud of. Yes, it is. And also the director. I didn't know we made nuclear bombs, but uh, <laughs> of Auburn University's <laughs> nuclear power generation systems program. You didn't know, when you saw those rods, you didn't know what it was. Good grief. When right. you, said I knew, spa- you said spare the rod. You did not know. That's I thought we were talking about. Rod Tarochi. <laughs> I had no idea we were talking not carbon wrong, rods. or Not what, wrong way rods. I mean, or whatever's is, going is on. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, I can't wait to hear about what in the world you're doing because it sounds intense. So thanks, thanks, thanks for being here. Well, well thank you for, for inviting me. So what, it. what, what, what is going on over there? What, what are you doing? What are we? What kind of research is going on at the NPG? Yes. Well, it's a, it's not a really research program. It's an education program. Mm-hmm. Good to know. <laughs> it's an education program, Marcus. It's a great minor that we have here. No, it's a great minor. Yeah. Yes. Right, and we're sponsored by um, some of the I guess leaders in the south. East as far as nuclear power companies. So we have uh, TBA, Southern Nuclear, Intercon, which does uh, consulting work for the industry and uh, energy solutions. Well, so how did you get this gig? I guess my background, um, I was in the nuclear Navy. That'll do uh, it. <laughs> Every time. Well, you know, before Rick was here, uh, Bill Goodwin uh, headed up the program. Bill, very similar. You mm. know, nuclear Navy. There we go. Nuclear, right. like on a sub? Yeah, I was on a submarine. Yeah, that's correct. That's so intense. And so all the professors that have supported the program are all have a, a Navy nuclear background. That is wild. Very unique. Hunt Very for unique. Rick Williams. 
<laughs> That's intense. There's the so, title. Where are we you. from, Rick? I grew up in Florida. Okay, what part? Orlando. Okay. Really? Now, talk about your education. Where did you get your education at? So, my undergraduate's Georgia Tech in mechanical engineering, and I have a master's degree from Georgia Tech in mechanical engineering. And, you know, I, I went through school on an ROTC scholarship. And so that's kind of how, you know, I got in the Navy. Uh, spent six years in the nuclear Navy. Uh, last two were teaching at the Naval Academy. Wow. And, um, after I got out of the Navy, I went to work for Corning Incorporated when they manufacture fiber optics. So they were currently probably still are the world's largest manufacturer of fiber optics. And then at one point, this is probably 1998, I decided I wanted to be a, a professor. And it, it, it's really because I wanted to teach, uh, not do a lot of research. <laughs> right. <laughs> Amen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so my wife is an Auburn graduate. And I figured I could sell her on the idea. Uh, so the brain's in the family. Mm-hmm. There we go. I got it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I tell people it's my it was my midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to Auburn to teach. And, yeah. uh, so I came back to, you know, to get my PhD. Well, where where all did we spend time while we were in the Navy? Um, yeah, there was a lot of schooling I went through. So nuclear power school at the time was in Orlando. And I went to upstate New York to learn how to operate a reactor. They have, they have some operating reactors up there. I did have them. Then I went to nuclear weapons school in uh, Virginia. So I was part of this class um, that trained officers in both nuclear weapons and nuclear propulsion. That's um, that kind of the first time the Navy started doing that. Now, are we talking Atlantic or Pacific? Uh, I was on the, on the Atlantic, Atlantic side. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Probably an Atlantic sub guy. Then submarine school. <laughs> So, you know, a lot of traveling initially, submarine schools in Groton, Connecticut. And finally, it was stationed in Charleston, although the, the submarine I was on was a two-crew submarine that carries ballistic missiles. Wait, two crew? Oh, not two people. Two crew. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, nah, I think we had about 125 people Good. right around there. Oh, How large is gosh. that sub? It was um, 425 feet long. Okay. It's, it's cut up into little pieces now. Do you miss it? Yeah, no. Uh, you know, at the time... I think, I guess I, I want to say, I don't necessarily say I enjoyed it. I guess I knew I wasn't going to make a career out of it, but it certainly is one of the, I guess, few places that has this really high level of camaraderie that I don't think I appreciated it back then. Yeah. You got to be close with those guys. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> no really place well, to go. Uh, how long of a time frame are, are we on it? Uh, so they, they operate um, on roughly a hundred day cycles wow. and the first, first, um, roughly 30 days the, the other crew had, had, will have come back from sea um you'll spend like three or four days uh turning over the, the, the boat and then the next roughly month fixing everything they broke <laughs> <laughs> and uh then you go out uh, for 70 days and we 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 would stay submerged pretty much for 70 days well what kind of depths are we are we at uh, let's see. I can't remember what I'm allowed to tell you. So classified. I, I don't want to get thrown in jail. Yeah, uh, classified. Uh, well, uh, what's that like being on that thing for seventy to hundred days? I mean, that, we're talking some close quarters. This isn't you know your big cruise ship uh, where that's even close quarters. This is a lot smaller now. Was there movie night? There, there, uh, there was. Um, you know, back then VCRs, you know, existed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'd all just bring um, our, our 
favorite movies, I guess. So what's the most realistic submarine movie you've, you've seen? Because we got we got October, we got Hunt for Red October, we got what that U forty seven one. Yeah, or, yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. I'm sure there's some other ones. But what was the one with Denzel Washington? Uh, Crimson Tide. Yeah. I mean, no, you yeah. can't say that. That was that was that was that one's awful, terrible, terrible. That was the worst movie, movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Actually, I, I guess I kind of like that because it was on a it was on a I recall it was on a ballistic missile submarine. Maybe it wasn't, um, but I, I thought it was fairly realistic uh, and, I, and i and i remember my wife when we were watching it you know i could pretty much repeat everything they were about to say oh um, cool it's so standardized well yeah the i mean did it ever get intense down there i know we keep talking about it but this, this is like when we when we interview astronauts too we, you know we don't care about what they're doing here we just want to hear about it in space <laughs> so i mean so what would you we just a little bit more indulgence so i mean like did it ever get yeah, I mean, the, any kind of all of a sudden the or, red alarm is going off, or like a giant squid, or kind of Captain Nemo situation, yeah, megalodon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, our, our job is to go out to hide, and uh, so we we would be given geographical air areas like probably like the size of the state of Alabama, and those would kind of move around during that seventy days, and we would just kind of transition from one to the other. So it wasn't extremely exciting. You, you stayed busy. Because basically every 12 hours you were back on watch. So they did this six-hour rotation. So it's six to midnight. You get off at midnight, then at noon you'd be back on watch to six. You get off at, let's see, am I doing this right? Can I do the math? Yeah, you get you get off at, let's see, six. Then you'd be back on at six. Now, what years yeah, are we it talking? It would rotate. Okay. Um, that was back in... The Cold War. I was about uh, to say, yeah. I, was, I wanted to check. I mean, it's I didn't want to date you or anything yeah. here, but, you know, uh, so that, time. That was in uh, the mid-80s, I guess, is when I was there. Oh, God. That's the sweet spot. I was about to say, the old <laughs> Iron Curtain. Tell me y'all are <laughs> watching Rocky Four every night. <laughs> I guess, you know, I, I suppose the most interesting thing, uh, and I think we're coming up on the anniversary of this anyway also, um, is Chernobyl happened while we were out, out at sea. Oh, Yikes. And um, so we were asked to come up to periscope depth and take air samples. And, and we were able to detect radiation from that event out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Holy cow. I'm glad you got around to this story, Rick. We were trying to get some. <laughs> By the way, yeah. <laughs> we detected radiation. Yeah. That's about to say Chernobyl, Chernobyl happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen October? That was based on our, our boat. <laughs> and, I, and I guess another interesting thing is oliver north and i don't know if you guys oh yeah i ran contra yeah Yeah, that whole event was unfolding (laughs) while we were out at sea and so we would get um it was one-way communication we would get communication in but we were not allowed to communicate out because you know they can kind of triangulate on that and um we get these stories about this guy oliver north and so for you know, two months, we're hearing about Oliver North. We have no idea what he looks like, <laughs> you know. And, and so you get back, and uh, you know this big story is going on. So it was, it was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was everywhere. That was one of my yeah. I was like I was like glued to it, like on TV. I'm like, oh, I mean, I didn't know what was happening, but it seemed oh, cool. Yeah, I was about to say it was on the night news every cool, yeah. single night. Tom broke all Oliver North. Take me back. Well, Hunter well, Rhodes. We. Talk. Good seg, good and bad segue from Chernobyl to the nuclear power program. <laughs> but 
Um, just talk about some of the things that we're doing within the program. You know, I know you all are um, you're taking y'all take some trips a lot of times to actually go to these things. Um, so just just talk about what we're what's going on around the program. Yeah, and you know, certainly COVID has really right, impacted right. a lot of what I guess I'll talk about. But in an introductory course, we always take a trip to a, an operating plant, uh, typically um, Farley, Plant Farley down to Dothan or um, Vogel mm-hmm. over in Augusta. Right. Or uh, the TBA plants were Sequoia and Watts Bar, which are both north of Chattanooga. Yeah. We're in a, a charter bus. Kids sleep the whole way. I got to keep one eye open to make sure the bus driver stays awake. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, it's a long trip. Uh, if we go up to Watts Bar, we'll leave at five in the morning, get back about eight or nine at night. Yikes. Uh, so um, we got that trip in, in the senior level course. There's a Nuclear Regulatory Commission training center up in Chattanooga. We'll take an overnight trip and spend the day. They, they have simulators there. So we'll spend the days and the kids will operate a couple of different types of reactors. We have um, th- this started the the fall before covid so whenever the when it seems so long ago yeah right i don't know I no <laughs> it all blends together now, I yeah. Guess. Yeah. yeah so we every 18 months a, a reactor facility refuels and so they shut it down they they can pull the lid off the reactor and they move fuel around it's all done under underwater uh, because of the radiation and so we were able to send a group of students get them trained up with the nrc um, required training to be in a what's called a radiological control area uh, plant Farley supported us on that. And um, anyway, so we, we sent this group down there and they got to go inside what's called the containment building and actually see the, the reactor. So that that I think is, to me, one of the best experiences in the program. Well, along those lines about delivering good experiences and everything, word on the street is that you were a pretty good teacher. Yeah, uh, you have a style that the students just respond to. We don't just give out the Walker no teaching award no just to anybody right. It's not a participation participation trophy right. Exactly, we give it out to nuclear submarine people exclusively that and have Rick tested the air the bill that from ter- Chernobyl. Right, right. Well, so 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 what makes you so 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 talk about why that. do the I kids mean, love yeah, you? Exactly. You know, I know I'm not a good public speaker, so. Uh, I guess I figured out that the lecture I guess, is, is is beyond that. I think I do maybe four or five things that make me effective. Uh, one of them is I write my own homework. Mm. And you know, I, I look on feedback and I'll, I'll see students will say, well, if you do his homework, because I write my own homework and I write my own test, naturally they're similar. <laughs> um, you know, when I say that, they're not, you know, they're not the same. I'm challenging, I think. Uh, but I write my own homework and, and so students in the old days did not have solutions. Nowadays, there are website services that they can subscribe to and they can upload my homework oh. and have someone work it for them. What I'm finding is those solutions are not always correct, oh. which, which, you know, for me, uh, you know, being an educator, it's kind of frustrating that the students are tending to short circuit uh you know, the, the, the system. And, and I understand they have a lot on their plate. And, and uh, I think those services can be beneficial if they're used correctly. But, um, you know, I, I tell them homework's your practice. And, uh, you know, I, I like to cycle or ride a bicycle and I'm not going to get any better watching the Tour de France. And you're not going to get any better just watching someone else do it. So I have actually seen, I think, a decline in student performance over the last four or five years because of that. At least that's what I attribute it to. So anyway, I write my own homework. 
I call on students by name. And that's kind of interesting because I do not like to be called on in class. And, and, and when I was at uh, East Carolina University teaching there and getting, getting evaluated, I kind of would always ask the rhetorical question, you know, and no one would answer. And, and, a, and a colleague mentioned, why don't you call on them by name? And so I started doing that. A lot of them don't like it. Um, but, you know, ultimately, when they got in the real world and in a meeting, <laughs> someone's going to call on them. So you're a great beloved teacher because you catch them cheating and <laughs> you call them out by name and make them really uncomfortable. I feel like I'm missing something here. I, <laughs> I think a lot of it's got to be um, they realize Rick's got real world experience and knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I, 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 excuse me, and try to bring that into the classroom also. Um, there, there was uh, I, I was actually going to make a list because I, I assumed this question was going to come up. Of why are you so great? Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I guess, I guess what I carry a card around myself for when somebody asks me right. that. You just well, hand it to them. Yeah, there you go. Here's my um, I've got to go back. Nuclear power. Why is it so important? You know, I think now is the world to me is at a crossroads as far as energy and um, climate change. So nuclear power back, you know, when I was growing up, you would have all the environmentalists protesting mm -hmm. nuclear power. Right. And now most of them embrace it. Uh, it's, uh, it's essentially greenhouse free. You know, some people would argue when you build the plants, you generate greenhouse gases. But, you know, from an operational standpoint, it's it's it's. Uh, but you could say that about anything. I mean, if you're building solar panels or whatever could, to, yeah. to mine the precious metals of that you got to create yeah, so, yeah. yeah so. i think yeah truck drivers had to take the the wood and stuff to the sierra club <laughs> right so. right i'm just saying um and it's what they call base load production so it, it basically operates 24 7 you know there's a certain load on the grid that's always there and they're they're providing that load and then there's other resources such as gas turbine plants that will chase the power you know i don't think a lot of people recognize is you know, when you turn a light on in your house, there's there's a facility somewhere that's got to generate that little bit more of electricity. So there, there is no storage. So supply equals demand. And so these power companies basically every day they'll they'll plan on what resources, whether it's a hydro dam or whatnot, to, to chase what they predict is going to happen. You know, for that day. Hmm. What about when my kid like? flicks the light on and off repeatedly. Can they see that going on somewhere? Somebody's like, oh, yeah. Quinn's at it again. Yeah, probably. Probably, uh, yeah. The, you know, the, the, the grid's so big that, you know, that, that, that's, that's relatively minor. But if you have uh, a large load either come on or off, you know, that, that, that certainly would be noticeable. Yeah. Well, I can't wait till he starts doing the well, large load. Well, I, just, I, love the con <laughs> I love the connection of here we are. Um, we normally do this broadcast out of our office because of COVID. That's changed things up. So we're actually in the conference room that connects with the McCrary Institute mm. for cyber and critical infrastructure security. And a big part of that is yeah, protecting nuclear, our power grids and making sure that our, that, our nuclear, that our nuclear power plants are secure and are not hackable and people create Chernobyl. But apparently uh, Rick can just go in there anytime he wants. We can invite him on and hook him a, up to simulators. He's a VIP, man. I swear. Yeah. Boy, you get on the nuclear sub, they give you the t keys to the city. <laughs> well, so, again, so going back again to the teaching, we got we, we, we got to run here in a second, but the the – what make we, we we've covered two of them? Yeah, yeah. I figured out one while while we were talking here. Good. Um, Listen, I 
I make the students work problems in class and, and, you know, I'll teach the theory of the equations we're going to do. And then it's, okay, here's the problem. And sometimes I got to step them through. What do we calculate first? You know, I'll call on someone, they'll tell me, and then I'll give them a few minutes and then I'll start calling on, uh, you know, for that intermediate answer. And so I try to, I try to keep in, engaged. Um, I have a no cell phones policy, which I'm sure a lot of them. <laughs> you were the worst. Like I, tell I, you, well, I wish he would have enacted that before this podcast because yours has been going <laughs> ding 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 the whole time. It's Zabala, if you must know. He's <laughs> but I tell you, that's a. I mean, I, well, I just love right. I mean, this is actually what you would want in a in a great teacher. Somebody who's being hard. Someone who's expecting the best and demanding the best from you, as opposed to everybody's friend. It's Starburst Thursday. Yeah. You know, don't or just Tuesday. the person who just has to be difficult and just has to be exactly be hard. Busy work bill. Yeah, right. He's right. the worst too. So this is awesome to actually hear that. Okay, well, it's because of this uh, kind of. Tough love, this, this, hey, look, what are you here for? You're here what, to learn. What all are we teaching? It's a big list. So, you know, Auburn hired me to teach. Um, I've taught Thermo 1, Thermo 2, fluids, heat transfer, kinematics, mechanics materials, uh, two courses in a nuclear minor, advanced computer aided engineering, which is a, an elective that, that I taught. And then I've supervised uh, quite a few uh, senior design projects. Yeah, you learn a lot down on those yeah. subs, apparently. I say, just teaching thermo in and <laughs> yeah, of itself. Exactly. I do want to make a comment on the cell phone policy real quick. Oh, um, sure. <laughs> the only feedback I get that I've gotten on it in my teaching evaluations is positive. It's like, thank you for keeping me off my cell phone. Uh, you know, I've, I've certainly, I know students, some students don't like it, but, but as far as, you know, actual official feedback, I've only receive positive feedback you on make it. them like put them in a basket no uh, they just can't have them out i have what it's called the three strikes rule and uh what's I, the gum chewing policy <laughs> it's they stick it under the desk okay. <laughs> uh you know i tell them the first time i'll ask you politely to, to put it up and, and i let them i let them know if there's occasionally you're expecting a phone call you know you, you got something going on in your life you know let me know and um, second time, I'll dismiss you from class. And the third time, I'll drop you a letter grade. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Best teacher ever. <laughs> well, have you ever uh, done the Simpsons thing where you've got a uranium rod and you put it in your back pocket and you throw it out the window on the way home? Oh, yeah. Was nah, that, that, that would uh, be a career. It's <laughs> <laughs> city ending. Life ending. Yeah. Well, Rick, can't thank you enough for – joining us for coming down for telling us about things hey, for, for being indulging one of the, the one of the best instructors that yes. lecturers that we have here on, yes on this entire campus yeah, and if any of your listeners are um, on campus and they want to tour of our lab uh, we have also a nuclear power simulator it's a plant farley simulator in there and then we're doing a lot of uh i won't say a lot uh but uh, we're developing a, a virtual reality simulation of a of a nuclear power plant. It's pretty interesting. Pretty a phenomenal program. If you're a student listening to this and you're looking for a minor, th- this is the place to go right now. Oh, and we have a lot of scholarship money. Exactly, exactly uh, a lot. And and I mean, again, you name the you name the unbelievable partners that we have that have supported us for many many years some newer than others some have been around a long time uh so we can't thank them enough for for what they've done to help support the college and support the program yes thank you for everything you're doing for us you're the man rick thank you war eagle war eagle thank you